0: Welcome to Sheer Clarity, the show that will teach you about leadership by attraction, building self-awareness, and how to develop exceptional self-management abilities that will help you become more reflective, more open, more trusting, and more engaging with the people who matter to you most. In other words, make you a better leader. Head on over to Sheerclarity.com where you can learn more, subscribe to the show for free, and connect on social media. And now, here's your host, Jay Kevin McHugh.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to Sheer Clarity today. I am your host, J. Kevin McHugh. On the other end of the microphone is my able bodied producer, Matthew Passy. Matthew, what's going on in Matthew World today besides this incredible podcast? How are you doing, man?
0: You said able bodied, and I have to be honest today, I'm not feeling able bodied. I am pooped. <laughs> Just, I am tired. I am here mentally, but physically I might not be
1: all here. Well, now that you've explained that, how about you <laughs> give us at least a moment of detail that answers the question, and why are we so poop
0: So I just came back from back-to-back conferences over a two-day podcasting conference in Atlantic City, and then four days in Phoenix where I was operating a podcast booth for a Financial Investor Wealth Management
1: Conference. Wow. I can't wait to hear it.
0: So the fun thing about that was we didn't actually produce any podcasts. We literally just had a booth so that people attending the conference
1: who do podcasts could use it. So Pop in. So it's kind of like a service ad. Come on over. You want a cast? We got you covered.
0: Right. It's like when you see the phone charging stations. Instead of charging your phone, we help you produce your podcast.
1: Love it. Love it. Love it. And hopefully, you're going to get so much business you can't stand it. You'll be overwhelmed with inquiries and leads and possibilities. And as
0: you say that, I do want to assure the audience, though, I won't
1: leave sheer clarity. Hey, <laughs> you better not. Because you know what? You're in New Jersey. I know people in New Jersey. Everybody knows people in New Jersey. And they know people.
0: Friends of ours, right? Friends of ours in hey, New we Jersey.
1: Hey, got to come over and talk to the guy. It's just a conversation. <laughs> I just want to have a chat. And when we pick up a hoagie, we'll sit and we'll have a chat. <laughs> hey, let's do the podcast. What do you think? Let's do it. So today's topic, I was trying to come up with a cute title, but the bottom line is I'll say what the podcast is about and if the title works, so be it. I'm going to call it No Time to Care. No Time to Care. What the heck does that mean? This came about in my brain because I ran into an opportunity. And I had a great conversation with a client of mine who also does client work of their own. And we got in this conversation about how to make culture stick. And one of the things that they're working on is a project with a client that's very serious about their culture, very serious about it. And one of the things that they are aspirationally seeking is a feeling of belonging in that culture. And They want people to behave in ways which are compassionate and understanding and inclusive and sensitive. And they are even bold enough to say loving. And that's right up my alley. I mean, I hope listeners by this time realize that's what we're about, right? We're trying to help people get in touch with themselves and be more effective leaders, but primarily because they are in touch with who they are and that foundation of being okay with yourself is critical because you can't actually give to someone compassion, love, patience, kindness, support. You cannot provide it to another human to a degree that is more than what you've given to yourself. So we're just having this conversation about it and we both compared notes and what I do know is I can have an impact when I'm with a group of people and we're in a space, we've created a day or a two-day retreat, we can calm down, we can slow down our pace, we're away from the office and that vibe that's in the office, which is usually busyness and we get reflective and then i offer opportunities for people to tell their story and when they, as they tell their story they start connecting at the heart and then we go back to work and whatever that glow was whatever that feeling was we lose it somewhere in 6 weeks so i thought we would talk about it on the podcast because i don't have any like super duper answers right away but i think if we talk about the whole thing out loud, it will resonate with listeners because they all know it. If they're listening to the podcast, they get the idea, they get the concept. Most all of my clients want to do well with their people, but we can't consistently keep that feeling of connection. And I have a theory. And the theory is that there is a big disconnect. And the disconnect is that caring and staying in a relationship that has the quality of caring actually requires an investment of time. You can't stay connected with your family if you don't go to the various birthday parties and if you don't go spend the time talking to each other and staying connected with each other about your lives. I'm very lucky. I have three kids and my wife's three kids. We are six kids. They're all adults. They all have kids and there's 13 grandkids. And I got to tell you, To be in relationship with all six of my kids and to be a good papa, I actually could take every single weekend of my life and go see something. And they all do a rotation. They haven't seen me for ages due to go see another thing. And by the time I've cycled through all 13, then it's time to do it again, right? So staying connected requires a time commitment. And then when I look at work and I apply the same concept – We just can't do this thing where we go on a retreat and get everybody to shed a tear and open up their hearts and then go back and never talk about it again. Not only that, but we go back to an environment that is actually completely counter to this idea of peace, calm, patient, kind, compassionate.
0: We can go
1: back to those things and not talk about
0: it, but we're not going to sustain those relationships. We're not going to have any success in the workplace. We're not going to keep that sense of team if after the retreat is over, we just go back to our corners and pretend like we don't know
1: each other again. And it's not that we don't know each other. It's what happens is the moment you get back to work, and I find this is like triple or quadruple in a tech world. Like a tech company operates at a speed that's different from making rubber grommets, right? I mean, it's got a pace that is intense. So you start hearing the language of the corporate culture, productivity and performance metrics and due dates and deliverables and milestones. And if you're in a public company, it's even worse because every quarter, the investors are climbing all over you for your results. So the speed and the pace, is your stuff done? Where are we on this project? All of that sort of completely overshadows and overrides all of this let's call it, touching and feeling to connect with each other. The pace, the intensity, the rate of change, the pressure for results, the tracking of initiatives and projects. And all the meetings that we have are meetings basically to take a look at where we are. What's forecast? Are we on target? Are we on target for the numbers? Are we on target for the initiatives? Are we on target for the complex initiatives we're supposed to deliver? And We made promises to the world, to the investors, to each other, to the world, and now how are we doing? And that becomes all-consuming, and it overshadows and crowds out this sort of caring, kindness, sensitivity that we produce in a retreat setting. So the main question for all my listeners is, if you know it's valuable for people to care about each other, and you know you've actually seen it happen because you put it together a retreat, Right. And you had the experience and people felt close. I mean, I've I've stood in rooms where people are hugging each other after it because they get it. They didn't do some goofy exercise. They (laughs) actually just told each other about who they are. And then that fades away and we go back to jumping on the bullet train at 120 miles an hour. And the question is, is how do we keep it alive?
0: It sounds like it's going to be very counterintuitive what I'm saying, but I wonder if it's the right thing. You know, We have many companies, we have weekly meetings, in some cases daily meetings, and well, I think a lot of folks dread the meeting and know that there's going to be people wasting a lot of time and talking a lot of nonsense. I wonder if we have to take a moment at some of those meetings
1: to say, hey, how you doing? That's kind of where I'm headed. Yeah.
0: I mean, we got to limit it, right? We don't want to waste that time. We don't want to be unproductive in the meeting, but
1: we're together again. So
0: do we take a moment to
1: connect? So I think you just opened up a door. Listen to the bias that's inherent in this statement, because I'm sure you characterized perfectly. When a meeting has been set up to get through an agenda, For a purpose. Like if it's a well run meeting, there's an agenda, and people know going into the meeting, this meeting is 60 minutes long, and there's three main topics, and the facilitator or owner of the meeting is going to make sure people are going to stay on topic. They're going to practice really good meeting techniques. They're going to whiteboard anything that's sort of going down a rabbit hole. Let's park it. We'll bring it back. Let's stay focused. All that stuff, right? Guess what? The way you characterize it was we can't waste time. That spirit of time wasting is the problem. Because if we're so intensely focused on the meeting and we feel it's wasting time to just chit chat, and even the word chit chat is pejorative, isn't it?
0: It sounds like nonsense.
1: Chit chat. Nah, 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 nah. What you sparked in me was maybe we need to reinforce methodologies that in meetings that every meeting or certain meetings have periods that are exclusively designed for checking in. We'll call it reconnection time. Now, the way to do a reconnection time, I can take a tip from my YPO world, and I do believe some YPOers do this. YPO has a format called a forum, and it's 8 to 10 CEOs that will get together every month for 4 hours And they become an extremely caring, loving, supportive board of support for each other. It transcends any other kind of board support that you would get. And they have a format called the update. And the update requires people to say, hey, what's the best thing that happened to you since we last got together? And what's going on in your world? I think we can adapt this and others have already done so. This is not some super new idea. But maybe what I'm doing now is sounding it out to the audience. You could start your meetings giving people three minutes, two and a half or three minutes. There's no questions allowed because that always ends up you know, turning into a potential discussion. But if people had two or three minutes, what would they say? It would basically be, since I last saw you, here's something new and exciting that came up in my life. And here's something I'm still challenged by. And I could use your prayers, your thoughts. I have a struggle. And there's got to be a time manager. And I'll tell the audience, if you want to do good time management, just tell people at the beginning, hey, it's three-minute go-around. And whoever has the timepiece, just don't set a bell or a whistle or a dinger to go off. Just put your three fingers up and give them a wiggle-waggle, and that lets them know. But what the group would have to know is we have a purpose for doing this. The purpose is, is that we do care about each other. Our company has decided to care, and we're going to make time to care, not because it's a waste of time, because it's darn important. In fact, it's essential, because if we want to talk about the issues of the company and the issues of the business, and we got another problem, and we missed another deadline, I want to do it with a team of people I know who care about me and love me, and there's no way we can keep that flame alive unless we set up a condition of regularly staying in touch with each other about how we're doing. To be reminded, when I'm about to miss a deadline, a particular project, and I hear my team and two or three out of the seven or eight people are troubled with significant issues in their lives, maybe it's a sick child or an aging parent or what have you, doggone it, I want to be conscious of that, aware of that, and sensitive to that. And the rest of the team may be sensitive enough to it to say, well, how can we help? Now, if you're helping me in that level and caring about me at that level, I'm pretty sure it crosses over into the work. If we're aligned as a team and we're all working on a project, we all go back to our corner and deal with our particular issue and we come together, I would love a spirit where everybody's trying to help each other get their part done. I don't think it happens if the caring piece isn't going down.
0: No, I mean, with the folks that I have the pleasure of working with, both clients and my team, when I'm talking about the team members, I definitely get the most productivity from the ones who I've developed a more personal relationship with. And it's not because I haven't tried with everyone. Some people are open to it. Some people aren't. But, you know, one guy was dealing with a problem. He's struggling with something, something very sudden and tragic happened, and he said, hey, look, you know, this just came up. I'm sorry. I know I owe you this assignment, blah, blah, blah. But something came up, and I'm sorry. I said, whoa, don't worry about the assignment. What is going on? He said, this is tragic. This is personal. This is important. Like, Talk to me about that. And then had he took the time. He did what he had to do. He got over it. And when he came back, he said, thank you so much. I'm on it, and I'm going to work extra hard to make sure that this is perfect so we don't have to worry about it. I know it's a little bit late, but if it's perfect, then What we have to do will be done correctly. And so, just knowing that I cared, and for me, knowing that he is open enough to talk to me about these things means that we have a better working relationship. And it's always been the case with me in any job that I've had that the people who've cared about me always get more effort
1: out of me. You got it. And now that we got the listeners in this category, I want to tell you about the antithesis of this. There are leaders out there who fundamentally do not care. They are leave it self centered, <laughs> self absorbed, self oriented, egocentric, and if you take it to its ultimate, narcissistic starts to come up. No, there aren't people like that. <laughs> and so, I don't even know if those people are listening to this podcast. To be honest with you,
0: they probably don't have enough clarity. listen to something like
1: i don't know but if you're human you do have to keep in mind that on any given day you me both of us all of us we do have our moments where self is first and you know it shows up that's why part of the podcast is sheer clarity i I want you to be clear when you got to be aware of that when it's happening And when you get self-centered, it's usually because you're afraid of something. Um, I turn into a control freak. I did that on my little video that we popped up this week. But I just want to make a commentary out there. If you're a leader listening to the podcast and you can't identify the feeling of caring for people, and it shows up in the way you treat them, and it shows up in how busy everybody is kept, and it shows up in your mood and in your spirit, which is negative, disappointed, frustrated, angry, because things aren't going your way, you need help. Because here's what will happen to you. If you remain self-centered long enough, and if it is clear to the people around you that you do not care, they will begin to turn off from you. Not only will they start to turn off from you, They will actually, without necessarily knowing it, secretly hope that you fall off a cliff. And I think the term passive-aggressive is an appropriate term here. People will not tolerate abusive people who don't care for very long. But I'll just make that point and put a footnote there. I think we're talking more about the conflict The intensity of time in our workplace, the speed at which the business is moving, the intense pressure for results, meeting deadlines and milestones, I want our listeners to stop and ask the question, do we want a culture of caring? Do we want a culture, at least in my team, of caring? If I do, what am I going to do to make that culture of caring happen? Part one is get your team on a retreat at least once a year. Get away. I know some teams that will actually go away twice a year, they just go away for two days. And one of those, the annual, doesn't have a big agenda other than to celebrate last year. Even the failures get celebrated for what we did to learn and to grow from it. So that's part one. You've got to have a cadence of getting people together to care about them and talk about it. Part two is keeping it alive during the year. And I believe the one idea that we threw out there earlier in the discussion today is set up your meetings, maybe not every meeting, maybe it's the monthly meeting, at the beginning of a meeting, set aside two to three minutes for each person to share their update about how they're doing in their personal life. One thing that's really exciting and fun and worth sharing and joyful and happy and anything else, one thing that may not be going so well, something you're struggling with, something you could use help on or at least understanding. In order to do that second question, people need to feel very safe in the room, right? So we would normally say to people, when we do our little check-in segment, let's just put the confidentiality cone of silence on top of it What's said in the room stays in the room. There has to be a feeling already established, which is usually done at the retreat, at the beginning of the retreat, that it's okay to share. And by the way, to the leaders out there, you can't do this at all unless you're leading the charge. You're the one who's going to display disclosure first. You're the one who's going to have a vulnerability moment. You're the one who's going to walk the talk. You cannot ask your team to do something you're not willing to do, period. That is like leadership 101. I would never ask you to do anything I would do. That's true of
0: everything we talk about on Share Clarity.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. But I guess I just want people to be conscious and to be aware that, Time intensity for results on the normal pace of a business can totally shut down any relational connectivity, and it will wither on the vine. It will dissipate. Relationships of caring have to be nurtured, have to be continuously like a plant. You got to water it. You got to feed it. And you do it as long as you want it to be healthy and living and growing. You can't stop. It's a nonstop process, and you must be committed to it. And if you're a CEO and you have a big organization and you believe in this, you better make sure you take the time to find out two layers down where people are cranking out the work, whether or not the spirit that you have up in the C-suite about caring is actually being transmitted on a daily basis in every corner of the company. And with that, I'm done talking about it.
0: And if you want to continue the conversation with Kevin, with both of us, you can always reach out to us. Go to sheerclarity.com. There's a contact us form or you can email us directly, Kevin at sheerclarity.com. We welcome questions, comments, feedback, anything, anything that you want to have included in the show or you want to convey back to us. We are open to that conversation as we preach here on sheer clarity. And in the meantime, we will say thank you so much for joining us. Please head over to SheerClarity.com. Make sure you like, subscribe, rate, review everything that will help the podcast, help the show. Check out the YouTube page. We're uploading the full episodes. We're uploading these new moments of Sheer Clarity directly from Kevin. They are going to be a super way to give you that extra boost of Sheer Clarity between our weekly episodes. Again, all of that happening at SheerClarity.com. He's Jay, Kevin McHugh. I'm Matthew Passy, and we will see you next time on Sheer Clarity.